You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Thank you for joining us this week as we celebrate 10 years. 10! Can you believe it? 10 years as a church. If you're listening to the audio version of this, we encourage you to watch the retrospective video that we have entitled 10 Years at Real Life. There's a link in the show notes. Hey, happy birthday, Real Life. It's pretty awesome to be here sitting at this point uh, 10 years from a long time ago. A uh, few gray hairs and a few pounds ago. Um, Uh, apparently ministry has been really hard in some levels and in other ways it's been really awesome for me. Um, So I want to begin this morning by reading for you some uh, congratulatory letters that we got from some folks that I'm sure you guys will all smile when you hear who they're from. Here's the first one. It says, Dear Real Life, I'm so excited about your 10-year anniversary. Working with all the staff and the church members was a highlight of my time there. I was so honored to be part of the family. God truly blessed me, and I grew closer to him, which was truly amazing. I loved everyone who came in the door, and especially the kiddos. I sure do miss everyone and wish you all the best. Love, Tammy. So, uh, (laughs) Tammy, she asked me to say one thing to you guys. Woohoo! And then she asked me to do this. <laughs> Which, if you know Tammy, that's a little too close. Um, okay, here's another one. Dear Real Life on the Palouse, Selamat Ulang Tahun. I'm sure I butchered that. Um, happy 10 year anniversary. I remember when you were just a baby, back in the day meeting in a gymnasium with Charlie greeting us in a parking lot, Rosemary greeting us as we dropped off our babies, the Berries inviting us to their small group, Michael jamming in the background, and Aaron asking me to join his Experiencing God group. That intentionality and investing in joy in my lives has had ripples further than I think anyone would have believed. Because of your devotion to relational discipleship, we started to see a church in a different light. We started to heal from broken relationships, enter into healthy ones, and eventually see fruit that brought us from local staff to international carriers of the good news. And the vehicle that we've used overseas is the same that brought us up in Christ, biblical discipleship through relational environments. We've translated and shared so many of the resources that have helped us grow in our faith. And as we invest in the lives here, it's so easy to reflect and remember all of you who have invested and continue to invest in ours. Because of your influence, we've also helped shape the culture here into a place of honesty and transparency. No one here has had the permission, uh, that, the permission to be real because any blemish on one's name results in shame. Because real life fought every day for their desired culture, we too fight for this biblical worldview. Thank you for carrying the banner to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. We continue to carry that banner today. With more love than we can possibly express, John and Joy Smalley. Here's another one. I got a couple more. Uh, Hello, real life. First of all, congratulations on your 10-year anniversary. I can't believe it's been 10 years already. It seems like yesterday we were in the elementary school worrying about backed-up toilets and fighting off snowstorms as we unload the truck to set up for services. I'm so thankful that I got to be a part of this amazing journey that you are all on. The eight-plus years that I was on the Palouse changed my life. Real Life was the first church that really taught me the importance of relationships and discipleship. Christina and I lived 2,500 miles away from any family, but it was okay because Real Life was our family and will always be our family. 
My relationship with God would not be the same if it wasn't for the people who mentored and discipled me. I learned so much about how to have a healthy ministry and how to grow a healthy team around me. Because of my time at Real Life, God is using me to help reach people and make disciples who can disciple 3,000 miles away. Thank you for all of the amazing years that, you, that we had on the Palouse. I can't wait to see how God is going to use you over all the next 10 years. I love you, miss you, and wish you all the best. I pray that God continues to bless real life so that you can continue to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. Blessings, Josh Warfield. <clears throat> this is our final one. It's the longest one. Um, so buckle up. Uh, Dear Real Life family, happy 10-year anniversary. What a wonderful milestone to celebrate. Real Life is one of God's great gifts to our family. It's a place where God broadened our horizons in many ways. It's where he showed us that people from different backgrounds, different religions, different belief systems could come together and find unity in the one thing that will last, the kingdom of God. It is the safe place that offered acceptance and healing in the season where our identity was shaken and we were broken. It is a place where we learn to believe in ourselves again and had the freedom to explore what it looks like for our family to be on mission with Jesus. This is a place where we've been challenged in our understanding of scripture and taught to tear into God's word like a lion tears into its prey. Haga. This is my favorite paragraph in all of these, by the way. It's the place that taught us to Kadush Hashem, honor the name of the Lord in all things. It has taught us that, the, that Jesus came to earth to model for us what it means to be disciples that make disciples. Here we have learned it is always in... <laughs> I look so beautiful. It's always in the text. Real life has shown us what it looks like to, to bring heaven crashing into earth, to approach people in their mess and offer grace and love, sometimes those people being ourselves. This community has given us great appreciation for God's most treasured possession, his people. Real life is a place that has given our kids one of their first tastes of what it means to belong to an authentic community of Christ followers. These are the people we call when life gets hard and when we need counsel and guidance. When we need others to celebrate what God is doing in our lives, it is here that we find genuine joy and encouragement. This is where some of our deepest, most cherished friendships were born. Real life is a place that believed in us and invested greatly in us as we headed to the mission field of Ethiopia to follow God's call on our lives. It is a place that sent us out knowing you are cheering wildly in our corner. Real life is family. It is real and raw and not always pretty, but it is home. So much love to you all from the Inmans. So they wanted to congratulate you guys. 10 years is no small achievement. It's a big deal what's been here. And so what I've, what I've done in preparation for this sermon is I went back and pulled the first few sermons that I ever preached here, that we ever, like, what were we dreaming about, right? Like that was, that was something that I wanted to find out. Like when we look back at what we felt like God was leading us toward, what were we hoping for? And, and I want to say this, for those of you that were here 10 years ago, I, I looked at the sermons. I'm sorry. Like that was, what? But hopefully they've improved. Hopefully we've gotten a few more reps under the belt. So, uh, but I wanted to go back and look at this. Like, let's take a look at the first four sermons that we ever preached. What were the implications? We had, we had implications then, just like we have implications today. What were the implications of those sermons? So the first sermon that we did was at a preview service in July of 2007. 
And we did it at the Seventh-day Adventist church that's up on C Street. And we walked in there and said, holy stained glass, Batman. Like that was impressive. But Stan and the congregation there were so good to us. They were so good to us. They were wonderful to work with. And even as we moved into the Palouse Hills Christian School after that, they were equally as good to us then. But here, in July of 2007, here's the first implication that we ever had. If anything good ever happens in this church, it will be because God did it. Only God could do this. And we wanted to dream a dream so big that if God wasn't in it, it would fail. Because anything that's good that's ever going to come out of this can only happen because God did it. Do you agree with that? Yeah. In August, we had our second preview service, and here's, what we, here's our implication. We have an amazing opportunity to create a community of people who not only care about themselves, but we love one another and help each other stay focused on what is most important. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to build a community of people that actually cared for one another. That we cared about being godly and being in relationship more than we cared about being right. I don't know. Maybe we did some of that a little. Next implication. September, next preview service. Who will we become? By the way, this is all cut and paste stuff. That depends on us deciding to be the disciples that God has called us to be. We will stop seeing God do things. We will stop growing as people and as a church. And we will stop being his disciples when we decide to stop. And here's how we decide. We decide to stop being invested in the things that God wants us to be invested in. See, here's what happened. We came down here and there was this little group of people. They were sold out to this vision that God had laid on their heart. And, and the, because they were faithfully serving in this mission and this vision, God blessed it. And guess what happened? It grew. And another ring of people came in and they got on board. And guess what happened? It grew. And ring after ring after ring, it grew. Listen to me. This church will stop growing when we decide to stop being a part of the mission that God's called our church to. It's really simple. We get to pick, you and me, together, we get to pick how much God's going to do on the Palouse. Yes. Now, before you go, well, no, nah, that's God and he's blah, blah, blah. Hang with me, we'll get there. October 7th, 2007 was launch Sunday. The first real bona fide service where we started meeting week, week, week in and week out. Each of us must decide where we see God working and join him. It's his church, his world, his universe. We exist to serve and bring glory to him and him alone. If we work together, this can be an amazing experience. We will get to be a part of God changing lives. We will get to see God do his things. We will be able to watch a God-sized vision be accomplished. If we choose to be what we've always been, we will only get what we've always had. It's time for more. God has more he wants to do in Moscow and Pullman, more than we could ever think or imagine. Is that still true today? Yes. Absolutely, it's true today. And so during this season, the first, really the first couple of years of our church especially, there was a passage of scripture that really like framed up my mentality as we moved the church forward. And, and it was one of those things that... Um, I don't, you know, God lays a passage on your heart. You just kind of have to be faithful to let it sift you and do whatever God's going to do with it. I didn't know why, but I knew that this was going to be a key centerpiece for who we were going to become as a church. 
And the passage is found in Mark chapter six. Here it is. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that, he's been, that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? So that whole perpetual virginity of Mary? <laughs> nope, apparently not. Um, lots of kids. And, and they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. And then Jesus went around from uh, teaching from village to village. Now here's the thing that I want to wrestle with. And the reason why this speaks to me so much is who are the they that had a lack of faith? See, when we came down here, everybody, I, everybody in Post Falls, they were like, the Palouse. Spiritually dark. What? Like, why would you want to go there? So, and I still wrestle with it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, why would you? But God said, go, right? Why would you, what? The, so dark there. So spiritually, spiritually oppressed. The, the universities. The ominous power of the liberal professor. Like, <laughs> big, scary, right? Listen. In this passage, who prevented Jesus from doing miracles? See, the they in this passage they're not the liberals. They're not Planned Parenthood. They're not hashtag not my president people. They're not any of those people. They're not the liberal universities. That's not who prevented Jesus from doing miracles. The they in that passage are diehard God followers following the same God you do and it was their lack of faith that prevented Jesus from doing miracles. So maybe the problem isn't the liberalness of the world, it's that the church won't step up and be accounted for. And so we made a decision early on to say, we're gonna take big swings, and we did. And some of them were awesome, and some of them, like they were bad, but we kept swinging and sticking together and like, hey, let's, well, there's a potential that this could completely wipe us out. Yeah, let's do it. That sounds like a great idea, you know, like risking it all because the church is known, like when you're a church plant, you got nothing, right? We have, we had nothing. So it was like, if I risk 10 bucks, big deal, it's 10 bucks, right? That's all we had. Now, all of a sudden we have resources and, all, and it gets easier and easier and easier to work at protecting and not risking at all. Listen, the same faith that brought us from there to here is going to be the same faith that has to take us forward. So we've got to be willing to take big swings because God has more that he wants to do in this place. And he's waiting for a group of people to take him at his word. And so we've been invested in benevolence and we'll continue to be. We've been invested in real needs and we will continue to be. We spent $25,000 on school supplies for kids. 
people were like, why would you do that? Is, now, here's the funny thing. People who had a problem with it were like, is that a good use of money? I mean, obviously the church must be doing good. They don't need my money. Oh, I heard it. I heard it all. No one ever asked, is this what God wants? No one ever asked. God says, be generous. How can we be generous? It's not our money. It's God's. And so when we tell the community that we love it, what better way? What better way to tell the community that we love it than to love on its kids? Yes. Yes. That's right. It blows my mind the things that church people get worked up about and furthermore, the things that they don't get worked up about. That's maybe even more bothersome. We did crazy things. We will continue moving forward, doing big things. We will continue to be invested in loving those people. We will continue to be invested in foster care. We will continue to be invested in sending people to rehab. We will continue to be invested in abuse. Because I refuse for the church to be known as a place that takes people's voice. This is a place where for all of our best efforts, people should gain the voice that God put in their life, not have it taken away. And before God, we will do our best to make that happen. Now here's what I know, we're not gonna do it perfectly. We're not, but we're going to keep swinging. We're going to keep swinging. And here's the other thing that I've noticed in the last 10 years. Everybody has an opinion about what I'm supposed to bring off the front of this stage. You should talk about this thing more, that thing more. You should talk about the Holy Spirit or you should talk about sin or you should talk about calling people to account or you should talk, you should talk about this, you should talk about this, you should talk about this. That is not the message that God has put in my heart and it's not the message that God has put in the heart of this group of people. The message that God has for real life on the Palouse has two pieces. It's very simple. And it's very profound if you'll let it be. Number one, you've got to understand that God loves you more than you could ever imagine. You have to know that. And number two, you were created by God with more potential than you've ever realized possible. And the only way to access that potential and live life to its full is to be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's the message of real life. And here's, here's what I want to say. It's something that back when, back when we first started, when we were young, and like a teenager with swag, you know, we had it all figured out. Uh, you like that? I have my cowboy boots and everything. Uh, <laughs> here's what we used to say all the time, and maybe it's time to re- reintroduce this message. I want everyone to come and fall in love with the Lord here as a part of this group of people. I do. But if you can't get on board with who real life is and what we're about and where we're headed... God bless you as you find another place to worship. 
but don't you dare try to take us off course on what we believe God's called us to. It would be sin for me to say anything else. And so I have some implications for us this morning. What we're going to do is we're going to move towards the Lord's table. And that means that uh, if you're new with us, we have an open table. And so that, that, is, that means if you're willing to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus with us, that we would invite you to partake in communion with us. But we want you to hold those elements till the end, and we'll take them all together. So while they're passing that out, we're going to work through some implications for today's message. Implication number one. If anything good is going to happen in this church, it'll be because God did it. It was true 10 years ago and it's true today. There is nothing that we are going to do outside of the Lord working in it that will ever have eternal consequence. And even owning a shopping mall can amount to jack squat if God's not in it. Next implication. We have an amazing opportunity to create a community of people who will not only care about themselves, but we love one another and help each other stay focused on what's most important. Does this sound familiar? We have an incredible opportunity to be a part of being committed to a vision that is bigger than us to be committed to a mission that involves every single one of us doing our part. But it's going to take every single one of us doing our part. And choosing to love when it gets hard and choosing to forgive when we don't want to forgive and choosing to have compassion and choosing grace. It's hard business. Next implication. Who we will become depends on us deciding what kind of disciples we choose to be. It's not rocket science. We're not building rockets here. So last week I was in Houston at the launch of church number 19 that we have helped plant in the last 10 years. Uh, I was, that's where I got my cowboy boots, which is a funny story. I'll tell you if you're interested after service. Uh, but... Houston is where NASA is, right? Like Houston, we have a problem. Remember that? Yeah, the, so we went and took a tour of NASA. It's pretty cool. They have the Saturn V rocket there. It's amazing. We ain't building that here, right? Things like a football field and a half long. It is huge. With rockets, five rockets that are as big around as this room tall. It's huge. They're huge. And then, then another section, another section, another section. And then way at the end is this little bitty pod that three astronauts fit into, you know. I'm like, here's, a, here's an idea. This is, this is NASA in the 60s and 70s. Here's an idea. Strap 75 million gallons of rocket fuel to my butt and light it. <laughs> Let's go. That sounds like a great idea. It's <laughs> It was crazy. It was crazy. We're not building something that complex here. This is super simple. This is super simple. Who we become will be absolutely decided 100% but the kind of disciple that we choose to be. It's easy, easy peasy. 
Next implication. If we choose to work together, this can be an amazing experience. If we choose to be what we've always been, we will get what we've always had, and it's time for more. God has more. And it's been so cool to be a part of this church. It has. I have loved what God's doing here. We are fortunate to be able to be a part of the largest church that has been ever on the Palouse to, to influence one group of people at one time. I think that if we don't settle for that, if, if we are like, we, we believe God has more that we'll look back 10 years from now and go, man, we thought we had come so far. But look at where God's taken us. It all depends on us being faithful, not getting petty, not, not, I've said this since day one, if this real life thing is gonna unravel, it's not gonna unravel because of some crazy doctrinal thing. It's not gonna unravel because of some weird whatever. It's gonna unravel because you and I stop loving each other well. That's how it'll fall apart. Good news, we get to pick. We get to pick. But what it's going to take is us looking a lot more, 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 more like Jesus every day. Which is why we take communion every week because it's a reminder that Jesus laid his life down to make everyone around him better. And we can too. This is our model. It's a reminder that Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. So whenever you eat this bread, do it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the dinner, he took a cup and he said, this cup, it's a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So whenever you drink this cup, do it in remembrance of me. I want to pray. Lord, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the last 10 years. You have blessed us exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we could ever think or imagine. Just like your word said you would. And Lord, as we think looking forward about what the next 10 years could look like, our dreams are bigger, our hopes and aspirations and expectations are more and yet your word says that you can do exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything we could ever think or imagine. And so we give you our lives and the time of the 10 years to do with as you see fit. Lord, help us to understand the weight and the power of being part of the testimony of you working mightily among your people. In your name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Real Life. If you'd like more information on who we are, what's happening in our church, and how you can get involved, visit us on Facebook and Twitter, and visit our website, liferotp.com. 